The Week That Was with Joe Palmisano. What a great song to get this started, calling out around the world. What we have coming up, and I've said this many times, and if you're just tuning in, last week we had two people on the show who were pro-issue one. This week, we're going to give a different perspective on it. I want you to hear both sides. I want you to know deep down what's going on. As I think this is the most important issue on the ballot. Drugs, drug overdoses, the amount of money spent on enforcement, on border security, on everything that goes into the the war on drugs, maybe the most important issue that we have had to deal with um, in many years, and we've got an opportunity to vote on that, and we need to know what it's all about. And I am grateful that Stark County Court of Appeals, or Court of Common Pleas, General Division Judge Kristen Farmer is with us today. Uh, Judge Farmer, thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you for having me. It's always good to know that there are people out there who want to hear both sides of this very important issue. Yes, they do, and we do. We all need this because it's kind of a nebulous issue when it comes to uh, everybody realizes the importance of it, but everybody doesn't understand what it's all about, and that's why I wanted to get have you come in, and I, I, I thank you for your time. I know you're busy. Um, let's let's start by setting the groundwork. What is, first of all, the, the Court of Common Pleas, and what's it mean to be in the general division of that. Very good. The Court of Common Pleas is a division of the court court in Star County. We handle adult felony criminal cases as well as civil cases that involve a certain monetary value. So we see the drug offenders who are charged with felony offenses. We see also um, individuals charged with rape. We see individuals charged with murder. We are the ones who handle those cases, and um, if necessary, they go to a jury trial. Judge Farmer, what, in your opinion, I don't know if you have this these stats on paper, but in your opinion, what percentage of the cases coming before you are related to illegal drugs? That's a very good question, and it's hard to define because you may see an individual who's come before you for maybe a theft charge or perhaps um, a breaking and entering charge, and that's the only charge before you, but underlying that is a substance abuse issue. So you can't really just look at the, the, um, the charge itself to know whether it's drug-related or drug-driven. Actually, there's, there's an analysis or an evaluation that has to go further than that to determine if the individual's actions were driven by drugs or by criminal thinking. And do you think, um, I, and, and I'll, I'll go from there, how many, how many of these cases, how many cases do you see that are, are involving possession of drugs? I would say that there is a fair amount that, that deals with just possession itself. It's a rather smaller part of our docket, but, um, it's also a very important part of our docket. Okay. And I, I wanted to, I, I asked, I'm going to ask this question to Sheriff Simpson, and he is the um, the president of the uh, Ohio Buckeye Sheriff's Association. I'm going to ask him at 10, but I want to ask you this also. 
and, and put this to you. Ohio is fifth in the nation in the amount of people behind bars, the prison population, fifth in the nation. And yet we are second in drug-related deaths. Those things don't go together very well. Does that frustrate you at all? Absolutely, as I think it should frustrate anyone. Um, I do, though, take an exception to saying that we're fifth in the nation in prison population, because, yes, that may be true, but you need to look also at the sentence or the imprisonment rate per population, in which case it's not as scary as, as saying number five and number two. We're actually lower down the line when you view it in relation to our size and our population. Regardless of that, it still is a huge problem that needs to be addressed. It's concerning to myself. It's concerning to all judges of the Stark County Court of Common Pleas, and it should be concerning to every citizen of the state of Ohio. Do you, um, when, when you look at the war on drugs and you look at the history of the war on drugs and you look at all, all the money that has been spent on the war on drugs, as you look at that as a judge, um, do you believe honestly that that has any has had any effect on the the our state and county drug problems? Actually, attacking it and going after this and putting so much money to it and all the things. Do you see? Do you see the effects of that at all? You know, I would hate to imagine what it would be like if we hadn't done that. Because obviously, if we hadn't done that, perhaps it would be far worse. What I can say, though, is that we've learned throughout the course of handling cases, throughout the course of just observing people, that you can't arrest your way out of the drug problem. And that's not something that we, are, we those of us who are opposed to issue one, are insisting upon. There's no judge in the Star County Court of Common Pleas who wants to put a drug addict in prison. Mm-hmm. We just don't. We know it doesn't work. We know treatment works. We know that providing opportunity to get that treatment works, but we're also accountable to the public for safety. I, I get that. Do you, uh, does Ohio have mandatory sentences, Judge Farmer? We, we do. We do have mandatory sentences. And when it relates to, to drug issues, they are more of the felony of the first degree or higher, um, higher amounts of possession and trafficking. Okay, I, I, I want, I, I, do we have to go to a break, Sean? All right, because I want to get into something. I, I spoke with, I, I thought it was important as I prepare for this show, Connecticut in, in 2015, the state of Connecticut um, instituted a second chance society implementation program. At that point, uh, the state of Connecticut did many of the things that issue one uh, is asking for. They reduced all uh, sentences, took away the mandatory sentences, and they reduced most of the possession charges, in fact, all possession charges to misdemeanors. Now, they left it. I talked to a gentleman named Michael Lawler, who is a lawyer, he's a politician, he's a criminal justice professor. He is now the undersecretary uh, for uh, criminal justice policy and planning in the state of Connecticut and actually was part of implementing this strategy that Connecticut had. Um, And I spoke to him in depth 
about their experience with this, how hard it was to implement. He said, I don't think it's, it, it wasn't very hard to implement. I said, well, what about a, a guy that, do you have minimums? Do you have things like uh, 19 grams of fentanyl being the, the limit? He said, we have no limits. We put no limits on the misdemeanors. And and they have a uh, a maximum salary uh, uh, penalty of one year in prison, but he said we. I said, D- have you had any problem with your police trying to figure out if it's possession or uh, distribution? And he said, no, we leave it up to the police. We don't take the word of the criminal. If the police officer says that it was it was uh, intent to distribute. Then we go ahead and process, prosecute it as a felony. Their prison population since 2015 has dropped for possession, for drug possession, has fallen 79%. While their violent crimes have in the state of Connecticut have also gone down. When you look at this, how do you, why does issue one fall short of what you think uh, it, we should be doing? Well, when you look at issue one, you have to look at all parts of issue one. You can't just say, you know, that this this sounds really good. This part of issue one, getting treatment for offenders, sounds great. But when you look to the other parts of issue one, and that's kind of where where I have my biggest issue with it, is that it takes away... Um, especially when it relates to reduction of prison terms by 25%. That is, to me, alarming, because as a judge, the law provides certain factors that I'm to consider when making a sentence. Uh, impact on the victim, I consider you know, a background of the defendant, a defendant's criminal record. All those things go into making a sentence. And if it was as easy as saying, if you commit X, I give you sentence why I would have a lot less sleepless nights. But a lot goes into making a sentence. And issue one allows the Department of Corrections to give an offender, other than one who's in prison for life, murder, rape, or what they call child molestation, which we don't have an offense that's child, child molestation in the state of Ohio, that allows the Department of Corrections to reduce that sentence that I, as a judge, have given careful thought to by 25% just for an individual sitting through a class, perhaps he never even finished a class, regardless of what his conduct is in the institution. And that is what is most alarming to me about Issue 1 and how I believe it doesn't make the state of Ohio safer. I am. Uh, we're going to take a, a short break, and I, I hope you don't mind sitting sure. through the break and and uh, because I, I, w- I really want to spend time digging into this with you and it may take a little bit more time than than we have in one or two segments that's fine I appreciate it judge Kristen farmer the uh, and I thank you again uh, I know how hard your job is and and that you've given this careful thought and Kristen farmer is a stark county court of common pleas general division in Canton Ohio we're going to continue with Judge Farmer right after this. You know, this is funny, uh, Judge Farmer. I'm looking at the TV as as we were at break. Philadelphia is proposing um, an injection site for heroin addicts where they could go yes, and safely. 
Yeah, they're doing that right. I'm just looking at it, and it's it's amazing how different cities are trying to tackle this whole thing. Um, can can you and your peers uh, continue in the way it's going? Do you think? Can you continue to to go in the direction we're we're in right now? Well, let me. Um say this about issue one, and, and Judge Haas, who's on the bench with me, described it perfectly. What issue one does, it takes an act where a scalpel is needed. And I do take exception with the premise of issue one saying that the legislature hasn't done anything. And quite honestly, they have been doing things. They've been on us even more recently as July of this year, and coming up in the end of October, to incorporate the philosophy of getting more treatment and keeping low-level drug offenders out of prison. How? How have they done that, though? Sure. Um, Back in, I think it was 2009, and forgive me if I'm not right on that date, they redid the sentencing structure that made certain sentences or certain offenses have a presumption against the prison term. Okay. And only if you find certain factors exist mostly based on a uh, criminal record, you can't send an offender to prison. Okay. In July of 2018, the legislator introduced, maybe you've heard of it, a TCAP, which is a targeted alternative to prison, which in Stark County means that anybody charged with a felony of the fifth degree that can't be sentenced to prison for more than 12 months and that isn't drug trafficking, a sex crime, or a mandatory prison term, cannot go to prison regardless of how many times they violate their probation. So essentially, the General Assembly is working towards the goals and essentially the concepts of Issue 1. Okay. Sure. But what they're not doing is swiping the broad axe through it. They're gently cutting away and making... It, you know, sort of doing it step by step. Yeah, and I and I I agree that I, but I don't know. And and I'm coming from a standpoint of once you charge a person with a felony, whether you put them in prison or not, the stigma and the 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 ramifications of that affect them being able to get a job, being able to, in some cases, get get housing uh there are there's there's a trickle down effect on the person's life once that person is is determined to be a felon and if 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 they're if they're a felon because of simple possession then that basically affects the rest of their life whereas the misdemeanor i mean you could say i'm not going to send you to prison but it was still a felony Versus having a misdemeanor charge, which is still a charge, right? but it's a misdemeanor. It doesn't go down on your record and cause all the ramifications that come from being a felon. Which is, is a great perspective to look at, but also then you have to acknowledge that there are drug courts that allow individuals who have, drug, who have offenses that are either drug-related or drug-driven come in through intensive programming, and by the end, if they're successful, the case against them is dismissed and any record of it is sealed. That's an option. Additionally, within the statute, 
there is a provision for expungement of statute of certain offenses, drug possession being one of them, which would allow the entire case to be expunged or sealed from anybody's record. Also, we have within the um, statute that allows for an individual to go through... I'm starting to lose you a little bit, Judge Farmer. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. That's all right. Um, we allow individuals to go through treatment in lieu of conviction, which means if you go through a treatment program, if you're successful in that, we'll seal your record. We'll get the image of it off your record so you're not a convicted felon. We also have what's known as a Certificate for Qualification of Employment, which allows an offender to apply to the court for a certificate that says, hey, the court thinks I'm, I'm rehabilitated enough to get a job. Provide it to an employer so that they don't have the stigma of a felony. Okay. So, so there are remedies for that within the law. All right. I... Um... We've got to take another break. I hope you can hold through news and sports sure. so we can continue. And, sure, I th- no and and again, I thank you so much. Uh, Judge Kristen Farmer, Stark County Court of Common Pleas. And we're going to continue with this discussion right after the news and sports. We are back and we're continuing our discussion about issue one with Stark County Court of Common Pleas General Division, Judge Kristen Farmer. And uh, Judge Farmer, thank you again. And I... I want to ask you, that live read I just did, it sounded like it was recorded. It was so good, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I wanted to bring some levity into this. And I, 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 We're continuing, and I, I want to, when you say, and I agree that, that this may be a scalpel, but what the state legislature has done is like a pinprick when it should be a knife. I, I, I don't think, and I understand the frustration in the, in the, in a, of, of victims, of people whose lives have been destroyed, uh, families ripped apart um, for, for merely possession and, and the mandatory sentences and the things like that that go on. I, um, and in saying that, states as diverse as Alabama, Nebraska, Connecticut, Utah, California, and 13 others have done what Issue 1 calls for. Has anyone in the state or anybody who opposes this actually talked to any people from these states like like I have, I guess, to find out if it's working? Well, I can't say that anyone has specifically spoken with those individuals, but I can say based on the research that we've done as a court that in Oklahoma it was done and ended up costing um, that state about a billion dollars in their budget increase. Hmm. Um, In California, rates of crime went up. Um, And I wish I could say there was a perfect answer. And, And I think that's what's so frustrating between both sides. There is no perfect answer. But the problem with issue one is that it's just too broad, and it incorporates this change, a policy change, essentially, into the Constitution, which means it cannot be undone for a significant period of time. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. And and 
but I understand that that there was a reason this process was written into the Ohio Constitution. If the legislature wasn't acting, then the people of the state, and and I'm a big believer in in you know government for the people by the people, that the people of the state can then take the power back and say we want something to happen. I realize this is a a, a lot. And I asked the the gentleman in Connecticut. I said, "Yours wasn't a, um, a, a an amendment to the Constitution." He said, "No, we did it legislative, and we did it in pieces. We did it 2011. They did marijuana decriminalized possession of marijuana, not decriminalized. That's a wrong term because it was a misdemeanor. And then right. in 2015, then they went ahead and added it to. So four years later." They added it to all of them. So they tried it out with marijuana, and then they went into that. But at least they were being proactive in this. And and his statement was very similar to yours, Judge Farmer, where he said, you can't, you can't imprison your way out. And all right, let me, let me finish up with this then. All you judges must discuss this all the time. This must be one of the priorities that you talk about. Am I correct? Correct. What do you believe, uh, what do you all believe is the problem, if you would look at listing maybe the top three problems in the current system as from a judicial standpoint, what would they be? As far as it relates to issue one or just in... Well, as far as it relates to the drug problem. Okay. Um, Well, let me put it to you this way. Um, I had a gentleman say to me one time when he came before me for sentencing, he wanted treatment and a long time. And I said, well, you know, you've been out in the community for a long time and you haven't gotten treatment. Hmm. And he said to me something that was very profound. He said, I won't get it unless you make me do it. And that's where our frustration sometimes comes from because we, they look some offenders look to us to provide that treatment for them, to provide the incentive for change. And I don't, I understand that because the addiction is so strong. Right. Right. I, I preside over the court's drug court program, and it's, it's very hard for me to say that, and hear that people say that our drug courts aren't working because, you know, every time we have a graduation, people get up and tell me how much this program has saved their lives. One woman told me, you know, this program gave me the treatment I didn't know I needed. Hmm. So it, it's hard for me to say that, that that we call it the carrot and the stick approach, where you've got hmm. using both punishment and reward to achieve a desired behavioral change. And if you remove, obviously using the stick, the incarceration all the time isn't going to work. But the same thing can be said about some, giving somebody a whole bunch of carrots. It's not going to work either. You have to have the two together to make the change. And that, and that makes a lot of sense. I guess, I guess, secondly, if you had the power, if you had a, like a magic wand, what do you personally believe needs to be done by our legislature, our legislators, to get this thing moving? What, what would you say, does it just need to stay the same? Well, I, I don't think staying the same is the solution, no more than axing through 
the law by enacting this broad constitutional amendment is the solution. I think taking it the step, just as you said with Connecticut, the step-by-step approach. Okay. So that you have the opportunity to examine the impact. You know, issue one allows for a biennium evaluation, but two years is a big, long gap of time when you cut out all of these things and you handcuff the court's ability to deal with those things. How, how are you handcuffed? Well, when you look at the offenders, what issue one would do is it would take a drug offense and make it a misdemeanor, which, you know, in theory, do I necessarily disagree with? No. Okay. But what it does is then it allows that offender two times in a 24 months before they can ever see incarceration. And we're not talking about prison. We're talking about the Star County Jail, which has its own issues with overcrowding as it is. Mm-hmm. But in those two years, in that 24-month period, we've lost the ability to, to inspire that change, to get the motivation behind the change to go. Can you force that person into treatment as part of, okay, let's, 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 or does the amendment not do that? I mean, can you say, instead of going to prison, you're going to treatment? Right, and you know what? That's the approach that we take in almost all felony five drug cases. But they're still a felon. Right, they're still a felon, but they have the ability to get that case and that charge uh, removed from their record through several attempts, and they also have the ability to get a a certificate from the court that says they're qualified to do a job. Um, Okay. You know... Is that a hard process? And for someone who doesn't have money to go do that, is that a hard process for them? No. Okay. um, Just an application that's filled out and given to the court in which they reside. The court takes a look at it, and unless there's a real issue, um, they'll either say, you know, here, do this, and we'll we'll do it, or it's granted. It's it's there's not a lot of things that can can hook you up on that kind of process. Judge Farmer, I want to thank you. I um, uh, you've answered a lot of questions for me. Um, well, I, and I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to answer any questions. Well, and I think if you you have answered very tough questions. I think I think you've done it. You've you've answered my questions honestly. I think these are questions that all of us might have. Um, you you've kind of you you've made me think about this. You've made me get into, and I think you've probably done it with 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 all of our. Um, all of the listeners, and and these are things that we need to take into account as we look at this issue because I I don't think there's another issue, there's another problem that we have because you could talk about economics, you could talk about everything, but when you talk about the the seriousness of drugs is in Ohio and across the country, that affects everything in our economy, family. I I I, um, I don't envy you in your position. <laughs> I, I, well, I don't I, envy you either. <laughs> well, no, I'm fine. <laughs> I could sit back and just look at these things, but you're the one that has to deal with them every day, and I, I commend you for that. Well, I also want to put out there, um, there is a website in case you want to look further that is votenoprotectohio.com. We're kind of losing you again, so I want to make sure people hear it. Sure. It's called votenoprotectohio.com. Okay, votenoprotectohio.com. I want to also suggest another website to you and to the listeners. Okay. It's called Right on Crime. 
dot com. Okay. And it's a it's a group of conservative people from Newt Gingrich to Mike Huckabee to a ton of people who are actually in favor of these laws across the country. Um, so I, I invite people to look at both websites as you kind of digest what is going on with issue one and what is going on today. Because I was pointed in that direction by the gentleman from Connecticut and went and I didn't know about the website either. It's called Right on Crime. And um, it, it talks about all these issues in there and what's going on. And yours is, again, what, what's that? Vote No. It's votenoprotectohio.com. Okay, great. Right. And if anything, I mean, it's got the discussion going. Yeah. It's, it's brought to the forefront everyone's concerns and frustrations. And that's what and I, maybe Go ahead. That will bring everyone to the table, all the necessary parties to the table, not just those who want a policy change. Everyone who's impacted from from grieving family members to recovering addicts to the courts to prosecutors to everyone who's who's touched by this. Bingo. I I agree with that 100 percent. And I think we have to discuss this and it needs to be on the forefront. We have to figure out a solution. Um, And I think it's not one answer. You know, issue one isn't the only answer. There's there's so many other answers deep down in this. And. Judge Farmer, thank you so much for your time. I can't thank you enough for spending your Saturday with us and, and answering the tough questions and and, uh, and and just spending time again with with our listeners and, and with uh, with me. You've you've opened my eyes to a lot of things. Thank you so well, much. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Have a great day. You have a great day too. Judge Kristen Farmer, when we come back, well we'll have we may have a little bit of time, right? We'll come back and we'll talk briefly about that, about what we just heard, but we're also going to then at the 10 o'clock hour, we're going to talk to Sheriff Mike Simpson. He is the uh, president of the Ohio Buckeye Sheriff's Association. We're going to talk about issue one from a law enforcement standpoint. Stay tuned. The week that was will continue right after this. You know, our constitution in Ohio was adopted with a clause in it that allowed for citizens to take over, um, to make decisions when the legislature isn't acting as fast, as quickly as they would like. Whether you agree with it or not, that is part of our state constitution. Um, You know, I've heard this multiple times. And there has to be a happy medium here, folks, because what we're doing right now with our drug laws, with our incarceration rate, with the mandatory sentences is, um, in my opinion, my opinion, this is not the opinion of WHBC, um, is uh, insanity. Now, we're working around it, and you have great judges like Frank Fraschoni, like Kristen Farmer, like many others in, in our local judicial system who are using common sense in, in a lot of the sentencing and, and working behind the scenes to make things happen and to change things. But the fact is that the, the, the laws are the same. They're mandatory sentences. They are or, or, I'm sorry, they are 
putting felonies on drug possession. Yeah, they can expunge them. They can get rid of them. They can do those things. But why have them in cases of possession? And they also say that uh, we're taking an axe to a scalpel. But I think the legislature is taking a pinprick to what should be a scalpel. And so somehow we've got to use that scalpel somehow to get this thing done. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Sheriff Mike Simpson, the uh, president of the Ohio Buckeye Sheriff's Association, about what it's like in law enforcement. Stay tuned. The Week That Was will continue right after this. The Week That Was with Joe Palmisano on News Talk 1480 WHBC. 